Jim joins us, co-portfolio manager at the William Blair Large Cap Growth Fund, LCGNX. Uh, Jim, you say that investors want to be selective, but some of your top picks you still like, Microsoft and Alphabet, at least two from the old classics. Yeah, no, absolutely, Oliver, good morning. Um, yeah, no, we saw last week just the power of the earnings from both Microsoft and Alphabet. And most notably, it's occurring in the cloud with Microsoft with Azure, um, uh, Google with Google Cloud. You know, if you look at the big three in terms of cloud revenue growth last quarter, it was up something like 44% on a constant currency basis. And that's in the market that's about $120, $130 billion. So numbers are amazing. And what's really driving this is, you know, corporations, the whole digital transformation, you know, the speed, the agility, the flexibility that you get with the cloud. And most importantly, you know, with, with all the labor shortages that we're hearing about, you know, especially on the tech side, you know, companies are making that decision decision now, do I want to keep my on-premise data center or do I want to start shifting to the cloud and start outsourcing that because I'm having a tough time finding tech workers? And that's what we've seen in terms of this acceleration over the past year and why we think it's going to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. Jim, do you think that uh, Microsoft and uh, Alphabet here can uh, drive away from the other big two in their group, Amazon and Apple here are still on the downside. Can we have a fractured thing or do ultimately these gaps get closed one way or the other between these giants that oftentimes just kind of float in the same direction? Yeah, no, I think I think over time the gap probably closes, but you just look at near term fundamentals, um, you know, for an Amazon, I mean, for a um, for an alphabet and for a Microsoft, they're just so strong right now. And you know, the other two companies are dealing with supply chain issues and things of that nature. So, you know, investors are just focused on on the here and now and kind of looking out over the next, you know, several months. You know, the, the trends in the cloud are just so powerful. You know, companies are trying to automate. Again, companies are digitizing their workforce and these two companies are right in the middle of it all. So that's why we feel really good about both Microsoft and Alphabet. Okay, so you own these funds in the large cap growth fund. We're going to do some trading for those looking a little bit more short term. Stick with us, Jim, because we're going to come back and talk another stock that we need to get ready for earnings coming up here fairly soon. Tom's in studio with me here. Tom, okay, so let's go to Alphabet here after the earnings. It's still sitting right just a touch below that record, pretty unfazed by the downside in those other names, particularly Facebook, which it traded with for a long time now. It's going the opposite way. Jim says it's going to stay that way. How would you trade it here? Well, because it's uh, you know such an expensive stock, how do you use the option market maybe to take advantage of it uh, if you're looking that way as a short-term trade? Uh, so I looked at a uh, short put vertical that's out of the money, gives me a better probability of success. Okay. My risk reward's not as great, but at the same time, I've got a cushion to the downside. You're selling downside. Down, downside put vertical in there. Uh, and I looked at the November monthly cycle, so just about 18 days till expiration. And this is one of those strategies you can do month over month or week over week if you believe that a stock is going to remain above a specific price point. And in my example, I used the 2880 strike put. Uh, which has a probability of finishing about uh, out of the money at expiration of about 65%. Uh, and selling that uh, 2880 put and then buying the 2870 put, creating that short neutral to bullish put vertical that's out of the money to the downside, collecting a credit of roughly about $3.20. That's the most you can make per spread, right? $320. 
with the expectations that it remains above that 2880 strike at expiration uh, in the next 18 days. Uh, your risk is about 680 on this particular spread. But like I said, this is a high probability trade. You can see there from the risk profile, your break even is about 2876.80 to the downside. So this is one of those strategies that, yeah, your payout's not as much, but you have a better probability of success. And with high priced stocks like this, you know, any three, four, 5% pullback in the stock, uh, you don't want to be, you know, left out uh, hanging with, you know, just a short put on where maybe you have to buy the shares, pretty capital intensive. So if you want to use the option market for a short term strategy where you're neutral to bullish, uh, short put vertical out of the money, where we still have some option premium in the in this name uh, might be the way to go. OK. All right. So selling downside, you've got fairly high probability here, yeah. but you know, not exactly a huge rip roaring trade, but one that also recognizes Alphabet is kind of consolidating a little bit after that break. Did we really break out? Did we ramp above right. the 28? We'll see. Okay, stick with us because you're going to trade Nike. Jim's liking the stock ahead of the earnings. We still got a little bit for this report, but this has been a, a wild back and forth. I mean, Nike's gap up from the summer. Jim sent it to 175, rolled all the way back over before the earnings last month put a bid in, or rather in September, put a bid back in. So now we got a couple months before their update into the end of the year do you think that they can live up to these expectations they built for themselves yeah no so nike was one of the first ones to talk about supply chain issues most notably in vietnam because of the delta variant um and that's impacting their will impact their earnings for the next couple of quarters the most important thing about it though is demand for nike products remain incredibly strong you know the company made this this shift last year to the direct-to-consumer model you know during the pandemic has been a huge success uh, so demand, as I said, remains really strong for Nike products. It's just working through these supply chain issues. And, and, and what we're hearing is that they are making strides in terms of that. So I think you know, over the next couple of quarters, uh, investors will start to see that the supply chain issues are, are put behind them. As I said, demand remains really strong for their products. So this is a company that we like, you know, particularly over the long term with their direct-to-consumer model.